Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble Mailbag. Traditional British managers and unique footballers are the order of the day. It's Saturday, 17th of February. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Jim Campbell. Hey, it's Saturday. What a day. Podding all week with you, Andy. (laughs) Does feel like it. And it feels good, everybody. It feels bloody good. And thank you so much for everyone who uh, submits questions to us. Otherwise, this show would be quite bare. If you want to get involved with the mailbag, you can tweet us on X at Football Ramble, message us on Instagram at Football Ramble, and of course, email the show at footballramble.com where you can use as many characters as you like. You can do that on Instagram as well, though, can't you, Jim? I, th- I believe so. Yeah. I don't know, actually. Surely there's some sort <laughs> there, of... There are some essay writers on Instagram, and given that it's mainly a pictorial medium, I think they should be ashamed of themselves. I, I agree with you. Piss takers, aren't they, Andy? Motherfuckers, some might say. Bloody wow. Nora. Strong stuff on a Saturday. Um, <laughs> Frank has been in touch. I didn't expect that. No, I didn't either. You've been to bed, Andy. <laughs> Since yesterday's show. No. Uh, so Frank's been in touch. Frank says, with Roy's impending exit from the barn, a.k.a. Selhurst Park, do you think this is the end of the traditional crop of British firefighter managers as we know it? Your Hodgsons, Allardyces, Pardews, perhaps Moyes, even Kerbishleys, who for some reason got linked with every job going. I think it's an interesting one. Kerbishleys done well to get a mention. Well, he's, it's been a while, isn't he, since <clears throat> Alan Kerbishley was... was 
uh, was was managing. He, I mean, he only managed Charlton and West Ham in the Premier League, unless I'm forgetting somebody. No. But he was linked constantly with everybody, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm not sure you can put him in that list because the others have. Well, I mean, I'm not been a coach in the last 15 years. Yeah, that, and also have managed a lot of clubs. I think I think Hodgson and Allardyce are the obvious two there. Yeah, there's 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 Pards was that for a while. Pards was yeah yeah yeah. Fire, I mean, I wouldn't put Depardieu down as a firefighter. I mean, really. Hodgson and Allardyce, to me, if we if we were going to drill down on, on that particular term, firefighter. But I think the traditional crop of British managers who, of a certain ilk, of a certain kind, I think that broadens it a bit to sure. include the likes of, yeah. of Moyes and yeah. Pardew and, and so on. Also, Frank's done that thing which, which often people do. He says, your Hodgsons, your Allardyces, your Pardews. There's only one of those men each. So you don't need to put an S on the end. So like when people say Craig Allardyce is getting annoyed right now. Well, and and so he should be. Um, but it's a bit like when people say, you know, in tournaments you've got your Brazils, your Argentinas. It's like you've got Brazil and you've got Argentina. Sure. Come on, Jim, you got to back me up there. I, I think I, it's I, an I unusual like hill to die on. I don't really care about. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't <laughs> okay. bother me. I'm not dying on any hill. I'm just pointing out. Although what you're what... defending it quite vigorously, though. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what what I would say about the question is the wording of is this the end I mean you talked about it being a long time ago for for Kerbishley for example the Kerbishleys of this world the Kerbishleys of this world for example (laughs) whereas I think if you look at Sam Allardyce and Alan Pardew since 2018 Mm. well Allardyce has had six months at West Brom Mm -hmm. and then about five minutes at Leeds and Pardew has had what a, a very short spell at Den Haag He's had CSK Sophia and he's he was he's at Aris for for not very long as well. So really, they've not been part of this conversation, yeah. properly part of this conversation. <clears throat> it's it's felt like semi-retirement for those guys for, yeah. for for quite a while. So Roy Hodgson, who obviously is very different from David Moyes, and really the only thing that links them is 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 being British, I would I would argue. Mm-hmm. Uh really the last sort of working parts of this. Mm. Moyes is a bit of an outlier there because he's won a major trophy. Yeah. yeah. Recently. I, th- mm. I think this is Frank's point though, isn't it? That we're, we're seeing like fewer and fewer of these these managers that you might even be able to lump together in quite tenuous terms. And I think a big part of it is um, essentially that we're in an era now where there is so much more money in the Premier League, even than 10 years ago, where... That you don't have to go back to the same shit again Well, again. essentially, yeah. And a, a team like Bournemouth can tempt somebody like Iriola yeah. in a way they just simply wouldn't have been able to a little while ago. Yeah, now, very true. I mean, these things go in cycles. And I think it's important to remember in this conversation that very few managers that are at the peak of their powers for their entire careers, the ones that are, are the true, true, like, legendary managers of the game. So mm-hmm. there are managers managing now who probably seem like really young, dynamic managers who, mm-hmm. who are interesting and going places that may well be those names in the future. Like Gary O'Neill. Yep. Could be could be somebody like that, and had he not taken over at Celtic, or perhaps you know when he when he comes back from Celtic, you might even put Brendan Rodgers in that in mm. that in that bracket. So I think we might be at a strange point where we're kind of mm-hmm. we're renewing who those managers are, and it may also be that they're not British in the future. Mm. It may just be that they they are sort of old Premier League stalwarts in some sense. Um, Paolo Di Canio, Paolo Di Canio, it would be out of left field. Um, he was a firefighter, but he, he certainly was a firefighter and a fire starter, yeah. <laughs> which was the problem, wasn't it? That ended up being the problem. The, the electroshock candidate. Yeah. Yes. I, no, I think that's it, Jim. I think that, that these managers that we've mentioned, um, 
you know, Hodgson was into manager. Yeah, you exactly. Know, a, a while ago, you know, Allardyce with that exciting Bolton side that we've talked about before. You know, getting the job at Newcastle didn't quite work out, but the fact is, he was fairly hottish property. Yeah. Um, and this is it. That doesn't last very long. Does no, it? it doesn't. No, and then and, and obviously Moyes getting the Manchester United job. So like, are you saying you evolve into being the fire? No, what I think. Of, well, no, what I'm going to say is that. You remember Moyes, you know, getting the Man United job. I think people thought, oh, okay, yeah. I, I, th- th- there were some people who'd be like, I'm not sure, but some people would be like, that kind of makes sense. Um, and I think that, that but those managers, maybe 20 years ago, or perhaps longer ago, maybe for one or two as well, as you say, Jim, they maybe were a little bit more innovative or a little bit more dynamic, as the word you, you used. As time goes on, there's there's not much um, um, adapting. Um, there's there's not so so you have these old methods. Mm. Uh, they're they're there to perform a specific task at the point we're talking about, yes. which is stay in the Premier League. Which, by the way, yep. puts you in like the top like one percent of managers worldwide. <laughs> yeah, if you are if you are able to do that, one can well. be a bit snooty about this, but yes, uh, but in the context of the of of um, being top level managers, that's that's where we find ourselves. Um, the, I mean, it really is is a is a more of a, a comment I think with regards to this about the 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 lack of English and British, I should say, managers that are produced. Really, yeah. There's an absolute dearth in this country. We've talked about this before. The FA the FA are making big strides to try and correct that, of course. Well, but they it's need going to be to. a while before we see them. But they're often a, of yeah, they're often a step or two behind. I mean, you remember the the, the type of footballers, and we will come on to this in, in the next question. But the type of footballers. I mean, you know, England didn't produce a Phil Foden, you know, 20 years ago, that type of player. But that's the thing. If we see coaches coming through now, and yeah. you could talk about whether it's Eddie Howe or whether it's Kieran McKenna yeah. at Ipswich. Um, and obviously there's almost a generational gap between those two, but we're talking about younger British coaches who are succeeding in, in the game. Uh-huh. There is a different type of coach being produced. Which is what, I, which I was, what I'm going on to say, that in the same way with English footballers, mm. It's a it's a slightly different type of football because they eventually kind of catch up. You know, kind of like, I'll just whack it long and play the basics. Well, football football culture is different, isn't it? It is different, and it's not even it's, it's not even the way of producing things. It's about how people are organically influenced yeah. by the changing culture of football, totally. and by the fact that the Premier League has been this sort of continental melting pot for a really long time. Now. Yeah, but of course, a few decades ago, it wasn't as. Um, Sort of, I don't, I suppose, a bigger melting pot. It's always been a bit that since you'd say maybe mid 90s and onwards, um, or perhaps yeah, yeah, a touch but, later. But, but, but now it's the absolute, I mean, it is the Super League, yeah, yeah, but now it's the absolute peak, definitely, of, of, of the, the best from every sure. country. So, therefore, whereas for example, if you, if you look at Bolton and the example that you were talking about, yeah. those were all players who were unwanted elsewhere, yes, and had hit a dead end elsewhere, and Allardyce helped turn them into their best selves again or some something close Definitely. to their, their best selves again. But you, you wouldn't really get a Premier League club needing to do that nowadays, would this you? This is it, isn't it? No, yeah. and, I, and I think that's... No, you wouldn't. And, and I think that, you know, Palace is an interesting example with Hodgson that they kind of think, no, 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 I think we, we really now want to push the boat out. Obviously, it didn't quite work with De Boer. Worked a bit under Vieira. Maybe he left and perhaps some fans I know that were very sad to see him go. But this kind of idea of, okay, let's, let's kind of play it safe. Because those methods of Hodgson's, which probably date back to the 70s with regards to Hodgson, they work for a bit because he knows the league, he knows he knows, you know, some of the players, he, he'll know he'll get a bit of a tune out, it's all sort of very basic stuff. It will only take you so far. Yeah. And with, say, someone like Allardyce, yeah, he's Bolton side, he might have got them to finish, what, sixth or whatever it was in the league. But they built towards that. Yeah, as time goes on with, with these managers, yeah. these kind of drops off a bit. As I say, Moyes is a slight outlier there. Um, 
you know, so I mean, I mean, there are other ones as well. Like, I mean, Neil Warnock for crying out loud. You yeah, know, I think I think Warnock stays as a Premier League manager or whatever, though. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think interestingly, or Sean Dyche. That, that, well, Dyche, Dyche, I was going to come on to mm-hmm. Sean Dyche and Eddie Howe, despite being very different managers, they are both people where in ten years you you wouldn't, wouldn't be that surprised if they were mm-hmm. sort of in this conversation with powers having waned, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, as we've discussed. But I think these managers now. They have to get promoted into the Premier League and yeah. prove they can do it there to yeah. get that chance. I think it's so much harder to break into. If you look at um, even name recognition, doesn't only takes you so far. If you look mm-hmm. at Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard, mm-hmm. Scott Parker to a degree as yeah. well, they are managers that maybe in the past would have probably mm-hmm. um, would probably still be making up that merry-go-round. Yeah. But I think you, yeah. get, you just get chucked off that merry-go-round much much faster. Yeah, now. I think that's fair. And I think as well. As we touched on earlier, your idea as a sort of um, bright, forward-thinking, innovative young manager doesn't last very long. I mean, <laughs> Graham Potter and Steve Cooper, right? If th- yeah. Their next jobs are going to be quite telling as to as to how they're viewed for the rest of their careers. If they motor somebody up the league and start, you know, um, performing above expectations, mm. which is, I suppose, what they have to do, then then great, they're kind of back on track. Otherwise, you think you you probably hire them to make sure you don't get relegated <clears throat> as like your baseline. Potter is a particularly interesting one though, isn't sure. he? Because I think you can look at um, him trying to apply a philosophy to Chelsea and not really getting the time to do mm. it. And now he's taking a really long time to choose his next job, which I think can be problematic. We've seen that with Mauricio Pochettino, for example. Maybe the perfect job that you want isn't really there. But, you know, you have some money, you feel you have some choice, you feel you have to come in at, at, at some sort of level as well. Mm-hmm. You look at how, say, Villas Boas was affected by it, the way it ended for him at Chelsea, the fact that it ended in seven, eight months. And he was someone who had a really strong philosophy of playing. And then he was really burned by what happened at Chelsea and it changed the way he played football. So how Potter comes back will be really interesting because he's someone who you would imagine getting a job that is in need of some firefighting element, but he's not necessarily that coach. And I think that is interesting, going back to the wording of what Frank says, that crop of firefighter Mm -hmm. to managers. There will always be a need of that in the Premier League. And there will there's probably more of a need of that in the Premier League than ever before. Because what you were saying about Palace having a little experiment Mm. with De Boer and then maybe pulling up the drawbridge on Vieira a bit earlier than they might have done. Because the implications of getting relegated from the Premier League are more ruinous than ever before, you need this sort of coach Mm -hmm. more than ever before because there are always going to be clubs that shit it in Mm -hmm. January, February, maybe even a little bit earlier and Mm -hmm. think we can't afford to get relegated. I think with British managers, obviously the Premier League is where they... You know, want to be like a lot of managers. It, it, because of what you just said there, Andy, it really is like you've got to hold on to it in the, in the Premier League because the gulf between the Premier League and the Championship financially is so big, bigger than any other league you'd say around Europe. Mm. Whereas if you are, say, Portuguese, for example, well, once you've managed Porto and or Benfica, where do you go? Mm. You go abroad. And and going abroad, it can it can broaden your horizons, it can give you new new challenges, all that kind of stuff. But also it might, I mean, I don't know. I know I'm not saying that on the continent they're less trigger happy and they're, and they're less, um, you know, there's less pressure in, in certain ways. But you're... Because you're, of the money, actually, in that sense, England has got closer to what Italy always has been, for example. Which is? Trigger happy. 
Right, okay. But even in Italy, though, I mean, managers, they, they tend to, because of the quality of coaches they produce, you do get Italian managers getting the big jobs there. Yeah. And sometimes later on in life, interestingly enough. But I think but this all goes into English managers. Is a Premier League club going to gamble on an English manager? The The sample size is not particularly good. You, again, to say British managers, well, Sir Alex Ferguson is a complete outlier, you would mm. say. Um, so... None of them really have shown their chops at the absolute top level. Eddie Howe's done okay at Newcastle. Um, More than okay. Yeah, he's done, he's done pretty well at, at Newcastle. And uh, he's he's moved himself out of being typecast as well. Yeah. Because people thought he was a coach that couldn't organise defence. Yeah. Whereas, whereas actually that was what pulled Newcastle out of uh-huh. the, the shit they were in in that first season. Yeah, but but realistically, someone like Eddie Howe, if he loses his job at Newcastle, he's not going to look across Europe and go, right, I, I, I'm going to go abroad or I need to go abroad because the money and the prestige is where he's from. Whereas I say with a Portuguese manager, mm. to to a lesser extent, you know, one, two, you know, maybe a Dutch manager or something like that, they will always think abroad. They were always, So they're, they're, the, the, the jobs they're looking at, I mean, there's just more of them, so there's more experience to gain. But with British managers... Not many of them at all have have really shown examples of what they can do, and and I think if you are a Premier League um, chairman or owner, you do look at someone like Iriola and think, oh, actually, this guy, you know, he's from, the, you know, he's he's mm. doing this, he's doing that. So it's more likely he's from a country where they've produced better coaches or they've got more tactical insight, or whatever. All these kind of tropes. And the FA, as you said earlier, Jim, and and, and the other um, associations in 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 the UK really need to to try and yeah. get this sorted. And they are also, they're available in a way they haven't been before because of the, the, the money. I know mm. we sort of touched on that already, but like, despite how big a club Villa are, could you imagine them previously getting getting Unai Emery after yeah. moving on from Gerrard in the position they were in? It's just, yeah. it just, just wouldn't have happened in the past. Totally. And, you know, the, these managers that are, are you know, victim seems too strong a word, but they, mm. they are the casualties of that, I suppose. Mm. So yeah, I, I think... Yeah, I think it is the end of the traditional crop of British managers to go all the way back to the question. We might see a few more, but hopefully with the examples we've said, with O'Neill, with Potter, with Eddie Howe and, and maybe a few others, you think actually could we, you know, will they play a little bit more interesting and tactically aware football and all that kind of stuff? Well, I think if Xabi Alonso's shown us anything this season, uh-huh. you can play your way out of the bottom. You, 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 don't, you don't have to mm. have that right... Belt on braces, lads. Long mm. ball mm. To, to get out of relegation trouble, maybe. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. All right, uh, we've got a question here from Mitch. Who is the most unique footballer you've ever seen on the pitch? For example, I think N'Golo Conte was a one-of-a-kind player. I've never seen a central midfielder with his engine whilst also being so good technically. Ricardo Karejma and his outside-of-the-boot technique as well makes him stand out, I tell you, and he's tickling your fancy. Yeah. Right, oh, definitely. Yeah. Karejma's, for me, more of a player with a special move. Yeah, I agree with that. But Mitch is entitled to his opinion. Indeed, Jim. indeed, and we welcome it. Yeah. Um, he's the specialist of special moves as well. It's very, very good. Um, so the most unique foot you've ever seen on the pitch, I mean, I suppose... I don't know if Mitch is saying who you've seen in the flesh. Um, let's give it, let's broaden that and say that we've seen pictures that are on TV screens yep. and allow us that. Well, I I thought of two actually that you 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 may well have seen, and I'm I saw them in Arsenal shirts as well. In a weird way, I I think you could have Thierry Henry in there. In that he was essentially a winger but a forward. Now I know David Villa sort of did the same thing, but yeah, you know, he, he I mean look at when he went to Barcelona, played out on the wing, whereas Arsenal he was kind of through the middle, but then he was well, off yeah, the he flight. actually. St- he spent a lot of time on the left and would cut in. Yeah. He started as a left winger in Mo- at Monaco, didn't he? But at the time, you think about, especially in the league, you know, it was Van Nistelrooy at Manchester United, you know, a proper centre forward, uh, fox in the box, all that kind of stuff. Much more to his game, I, I would say. So, are we saying a unique footballer is someone who redefines or reinterprets a position? I think it's open to interpretation, Andy. I mean, as as, as Mitch says, he's put Ricardo Charisma in there. Um, the other one I was going to say is maybe someone like Dennis Burkamp. You know, just how uniquely brilliant he was. Yeah. Funny that you say that because the, the Arsenal player that I've picked is obviously is actually at the forefront of my mind is Robert Perez. Interesting. Because um the way he used to run was so unusual. <laughs> like and so he he could look actually really ungainly at times. And oh. then in a second he's doing something really elegant. He'd like switch hmm. from like running like a duck to striding like a unicorn in an instant. <laughs> and he really, he struck the ball in a really mm. unusual way. Like I say, he ran strangely. Uh-huh. His gait was was pretty mm-hmm. unique. And he is one of those players like uh, you you would recognise them from their silhouette if if that sort of technology yes. was applied yes. to, a, to a player. And I, I think that's quite unusual and quite unique. So you're saying unicorn, are you saying... Bukayo Saka during the World Cup made a low-key tribute to, <laughs> to, to Pires. Pires. He's such an yeah. Arsenal head. Yeah, that's a lot of players do that. They 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 you know create shrines to former players in secret. <laughs> Inflatable shrines. Yeah. It, does, it does make sense. I 
I mean, a, a unique player, someone like Ronaldinho. Um, of course. You say, yeah. For obvious reasons, just doing things on it's the like pitch. like an innovator. An innovator, yeah. So again, it kind of depends where you go with regards to this question. i tell you who I think, I don't think anybody expects um, this chap to get a mention here, but considering he played, what did he play? All of his football in the Football League, never played in, in the Premier League, unless I'm, I'm, I'm quite I think mistaken. I know who you're going to say, and I'm going to be delighted if I'm right. Lee Trundle. Yes! Yes! Yes, no, it makes for so much fun. <laughs> like just Lee Fundle. Yeah, <laughs> I, just I, I say this. I saw not that long ago a kind of a, a best of Lee Trundle mm. in in doing his thing, and it's like, I mean, how come nobody went for him in the Premier League? I think nowadays people would take a punt on him. Definitely, you know, you know. I don't, like I don't, I don't, I don't think they would. He's not athletic enough. I think, yeah, but it, I, if you moved him into the modern era, okay, okay. Like, didn't Trundle also develop quite like sort of bloom quite late in his career? I yeah, think maybe. he was already like sort of. But producing those kind of skills and those kind of moves and so on in in the football yeah. league yeah. was was quite something. It almost looked like a kind of um, a, what would you call them? Like a like a exhibition player. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, so a, I like think a he... trick and still skills trick and skills guy. <laughs> exactly. He said aging <laughs> with he, he each word. Been, I think he would have been a top flight player if he'd arrived. 10 years sooner rather than 10 years later okay. if you're talking about taking a taking a punt on him I, I i love that though the idea that i think it's a discussion they have a lot in germany at the moment are we producing and you talked about producing managers for mm. example the same sort of player too much are we coaching the individuality out out of players and, and it's really interesting that discussion so for me mm. the player i'm not sure if he's just unique because of the time that he arrived in yep. but to me Frank Ribery and because Ooh. he is someone who didn't come through the academy system uh-huh. uh, street footballer would you call him yeah that's exactly what he is yeah. and that shouldn't be possible in, in, France. in the modern era well yeah I mean of course he had that that time at Marseille but re- really we think of him with with Bayern mm. don't don't we mm-hmm. and I think someone who really doesn't have that much tactical discipline mm-hmm. it's not someone who you look at and think Oh, he can knock people off the ball. He strides like a gazelle, any, anything like that. He just gets his head down and plays. And you get the impression that whether he's playing for Bayern mm. or whether he's playing for, you know, any of the clubs he took in his weird way up to Marseille, because mm. of course, you know, mm. he played lower division in France. He um, had that, had his contract cancelled at, at Galatasaray, eventually made his, his, his way to, to, to Marseille and then appeared from in the French team in what was like the blink of an eye. Even mm. if you were paying atten- attention to French football, he went from, he made his debut for France like about two or three weeks before the World Cup. Yeah. It's, it's remarkable, really. And there's this bit in the, I'm sure I've spoken about it before, in the Pep Guardiola um, book or the book about him, uh, Pep Confidential by Marty Perrinau about mm. his first year at Bayern. And Guardiola looks at him and thinks, I'm going to make him into a number 10. And you know you think of Guardiola gets in players' heads and makes them into things that they didn't realise that they were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're talking about a group of guys who spent their whole lives dreaming what they want to be. So there are very few things that footballers haven't imagined. Mm-hmm. But like you have a Guardiola or a Bielsa that opens up this different part of their brain and says, okay, what about this? What about you in midfield, Philip Lamb? Like what Eddie about Howe you did at... with Joel Linton. Yeah, what... <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> what, what about you uh, in midfield, John Stones or, or, yeah, yeah. or, or, or whatever? Yeah. And he sees Frank Ribery and he goes... I'm going to make you into a number 10. And Ribery just doesn't get it. Because he's like, I play football my way and that is it. Yeah. And like even Guardiola can't get in his head. I find that remarkable. Mm. He, he has to set his own agenda. He's like, right, I'm playing on the left. 
cutting in and mm. I, I'm, I'm just going to do whatever. I'm just going to get my head down and burrow. I won't stop running all day. I won't stop dribbling past people. And it's thrilling to watch when you think of this era in which, you know, Mourinho makes Joe Cole into this quite disciplined player, for example. Yeah. And if Joe Cole had been allowed to like run wild in the fields, <laughs> play abroad, yeah. I would have loved to see all that. Obviously, he got medals and it worked out really well for him. But the fact that Ribery is totally resistant yep. to the way that modern football is moving, mm -hmm. I find remarkable. And went to the very top of the game and won the Champions League. Yeah. He yeah. won the whole lot, didn't Ex he? Exactly. He did it all mm -hmm. while saying, yeah, modern football, that's that's not how I do it. That's a lovely way of interpreting that, Andy, because I think it is, as I said at the start, there's a number of ways to, to, to skin this yeah. question, if you like. In a similar sense, Iron Robin, in terms of how... But if you mentioned one, you've got to mention the yeah, other. <laughs> but, the, but that makes it sound like they're not unique. But I think they were still quite different yeah, because the thing I really different. loved about Robin was how he, he had such close control at such speed. Yeah. He's one of those players who you just... You know he's going to beat his man like they're not even there. And it looks like a yeah. player who can, yeah. who's like... It almost looks like a video game character that's got a skill that other ones don't. Would you say he's a bit like John Wick? He turns up and you think, okay, we know what's going to happen here, John. <laughs> right? And, we, and, and I, I, yeah. why are we bothering Absol trying to stop yeah, it? Absolutely. We'll have a go. Oh, we're all dead. Um, I'm yeah, Robin. like, when oh, oh, you're trying an offside trap, are you? Yeah. That is like when John Wick gets chased into a knife shop. It's like, you, you know, you know, oh, why have you done that? Yeah. Why no, have you done that? Just run away. Yeah. So two names before we move on, because I... We love these questions. We'll yeah. go out, we'll leave the student, we'll just start we'll throwing names mm. at each other. Um, for, for, again, for, for slightly different reasons, I think Sergio Ramos is quite unique in that won everything. Like, one of the most decorated players. Like you, If there's a medal he hasn't won, it's not worth winning. He's a, a personality, not a position. Totally. But Andy sometimes looks like the type of defender who... If you saw him on a Sunday morning, you think I've got a chance against this guy. Yeah, like it just, it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. unbelievably, like obviously the red cards and, and all of you think I can, I can have a go, and yet of course formed a, a vital um, defensive role in the best national team we've ever seen and some a, a phenomenal Real Madrid sides. You know, it just it's just such an odd one. It's, it's funny because when you talk about best defenders of the last ten years, mm. obviously he always gets thrown in there. But there's a lot of time where I look at him and I think. Is he a great defender? Yeah, but that's what I mean. But it, like uh, the, the thing the is, trophies he's an the... extraordinary footballer. Yeah, who happens to play in defence? Uh, well, I, I think I, I'd love that you could genuinely be talking about Pepe now as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I know it's a, Pepe to me is is a destroyer. He's got to be a centre half, <laughs> I think. But you know, you, you mentioned the last one. I would I would mention is um, Paul Gascoigne. Yeah. If you think about Gaza back in the day, especially from from this country, and Rose produce, growing out of concrete. Yeah, like yeah. I just just his skill set and everything. I mean, obviously he's a unique character anyway, for better or for worse. But on the pitch, just how he played the game, I don't think there's many players at all that so I've seen. If, for, for the older crowd, I suppose we have to say Glenn Hoddle as well, don't we? <sighs> no, because I think there's Crouchy more... Crouchy for the sort of youngsters. There you go. <laughs> no, but I think with Hoddle, that type of player, he was just quite a continental type of player. And I think there are players who are more similar to him, I would suggest. Whereas with Gascoigne... The fact is that he would dribble the ball. He didn't look particularly quick, but he could breeze past players. The fact is he would just hold on to the ball. Mm. If he just, you know, nothing's on or he thought, I can't have a dribble, he would just hold on to it. Like if you watch some of the stuff when he's um, at Spurs, you know, that amazing season and he links up with Lineker, he, sometimes he's just waiting for something to happen in a way, almost like, as they say in Argentina, la pausa, you know, the yeah. pause, which Raquel May, another one, um, was good at, just waiting for something to happen. But Gaza could could do it all. And in terms of skill and so on as well, I mean, that Rabonery produced against Switzerland at Euro 96, you think an Englishman, blimey, doing that. He's played one of the 
best individual games that I've I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Gascoigne. Which one? Oh, Newcastle United away to Wimbledon in the Littlewoods Cup round three in 1987. Right. One of the first night matches that I went to and he was absolutely unplayable. That was his last season. But he must have stood out like head and shoulders Mm. compared to all the rest of the players on that pitch. But it was... was... Andy, you've got to admit that. (laughs) Wimbledon still won, remarkably. They could not deal with him. Uh Uh-huh. But he just ended up not scoring. It was, but it was, it was an unbelievable performance. Mm. Unbelievable. Yeah, Andy, I believe you've got the last question. Uh, yes, um, Wednesday was Kevin Keegan's birthday. Mm. What would you buy him as a gift if you were invited <laughs> to his party? Can I start off before you guys say anything clever and just say I would bring him the 1996 Premier League trophy because he bloody deserved it. Uh, <laughs> what, you think he's going to be happy with that, uh, Andy? There's a, there's a real system in place to, you know, define who deserves it, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you honestly think it's his birthday, you've been invited, you All turn right. up with the well, trophy that well, he get, nearly won. Well, well, oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> I get Eric Cantona to present it to him. <laughs> Unbelievable. Can I just say, if I was summoned out of the blue to Kevin Keegan's birthday party, yeah. I'd be more nervous than getting a sort of summons from Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Like, be like, all oh, right. Finally, it's here. I'm gonna have to explain all those horrible things I've said about <laughs> to this a lovely, lovely man. Yeah, yeah. Over the years, the reckoning has arrived. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. DVD of the lionesses winning the Euros. Maybe I know he loves a barbecue, doesn't he? We know he loves his meat. So maybe I would get him. Some, I think in, he's covered for that already. No. Well, some I mean, in-date meat. Have, you, some in-date meat. Yeah, maybe, maybe, a, maybe a new barbecue, or maybe some sort of barbecue paraphernalia. I don't know. It, what do you get the man who has everything? True. This I mean, he, the, I mean, what the, the question meat, ultimately is the meat industry awards. I assume they paid him in meat, probably. So yeah, in, probably in date, but delivered in a sports bag that makes it feel like you got it at the pub. What about a new some 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 china? Some China yeah. like after he, yeah, okay, are you just doing the hits now? <laughs> Every bad thing that ever happened to him. A more stable bike if they ever do stupid superstars again. A more stable bike. <laughs> Baseball bat proof glass for, <laughs> for any lay by misadventures he might get into again. Poor old Keggy. Just, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that you, you're right, Jim. What do you get the man who's got everything? I don't know. Maybe a guitar. Because we forget about his musical career, Good and I think you would be hard. I think he'd like that. Anyone who, who who has any sort of, um, I'm, I'm going out on a limb and assuming he, he plays some sort of instrument. If he doesn't, it might be something he enjoys. Mm-hmm. I think it would be very difficult to be annoyed with a guitar as a present, or even underwhelmed. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And if he, if he does play the guitar, which we think and hope he does, I think he'd be a bit like, all oh, right. And I think he'd do a few numbers. Yeah, which would be great. It would be great until the strings snap and uh... blind him. Yeah, is that where you're going? Thank you for listening. You're a monster. He's been driving this all this year. <laughs> Thank you for listening <laughs> to the Football Ramble Mailbag, everybody. We're back on Monday with a brand new Ramble. In the meantime, follow us on X, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram, Football Ramble. And follow us on Spotify as well. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andy. Thanks. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Thank you, Keggy. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.